Hello and welcome to the Sport for Business podcast. My name is Rob Hartnett. Today is an update in our leadership series. Last November, Warren Dutram, the CEO of Cricket Ireland, joined us to talk about the ambition that the sport has to become mainstream in Ireland and to compete at the very highest level on the international stage. He spoke of his disappointment that during the course of his tenure as CEO, he has yet to be able to persuade government of the merit of creating a national stadium, which could form part of the sport's major reach out into the uh, to the general sporting environment, but also which would be a critical piece of infrastructure to help host the joint bid to uh, host the ICC's T20 World Cup here in 2030. Well... Last Friday, the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gaeltacht Sport and Media wrote to Sport Ireland, giving them an an indication that they could begin to plan for exactly that, the creation of a national cricket arena out at the Sport Ireland campus. Very exciting news and very timely. We caught up with Warren again to ask just what this would mean for the sport in Ireland. So, Warren, you mentioned when we spoke towards the end of last year in the podcast that we've just heard that this was perhaps the greatest failing of your time as CEO of Cricket Ireland, the fact of not being able to have a national stadium. On Friday, the government and the ministers, Catherine Martin and Thomas Byrne, wrote to Sport Ireland to say, you've got the go-ahead now to begin planning on it. What was that like for you in a personal sense to actually have crossed that Rubicon that we're now in a position where we can start to plan? Um, uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I suspect it's probably more relief than than joy. Um, I had felt this is rather a, a monkey on the back that um, this was a, a thing that I had failed to deliver for the sports and I, I was feeling it every week and month more keenly, but I, I really don't want this to be about me. It is about Irish sport and I, it's very much um, hopefully going to be developing uh, Irish cricket to help us realise and achieve a potential. I strongly believe that, um, uh, I'm sure other sports would disagree, but I just genuinely believe that we have an unbelievable headroom and capacity for growth based on the opportunities that we have over the next seven to 10 years, which are going to be on the back of significantly enhanced ICC funding, the, the very great potential to become an Olympic sport in the next seven to eight years, and the um, 2030 World Cup co-hosting. And I think the fourth component is an, an absolutely key part of delivering um, uh, certainly, uh, certainly one of those was going to be the delivery of the stadium. So it was such an important, critical part of what it means for us. And, and it's not just the inherent value of having a stadium, uh, which is going to be an icon, a um, an icon for Irish cricket in the same way as we hope the Aviva Stadium is and Croke Park is, um, but also not just defraying cost from all the extraordinary uh, investment we have to make in temporary infrastructure. But for me, it's also a signal that actually, perhaps finally, cricket is a sport that um, has is genuinely being taken seriously. It is worthy of the priority investment. It is a sport of 
national significance, bearing in mind our achievements on and off the pitch. It is said that uh, defeat is an orphan and victory has many parents, but there must have been a significant push in various different directions behind getting this over the line. Because as you said, it has been a long time in the coming, but government doesn't tend to move quickly. The Sport Island campus master plan, when it was published last year, did reference the fact that there was space at least given over for the potential of a cricket stadium. How has that sort of transferred, though, from something which is nice on paper at an indetermined uh, you know, point in the future to something now which is at the point that, yes, go ahead, begin to make the planning? Um, there are probably two or three stages to this. The, the first was, as you rightly suggest, the master plan, um, publication by the government in November. That for us addressed the will they, won't they build it question. Um, the next issue, which came rapidly into view, was, OK, if they're going to build it, by when? And that's where we really had to work to say, look, cricket is a different sport to others. The sheer nature of how long it takes for new playing surfaces to settle in our climate means that while 2030 looks a million miles away, in fact, in cricketing terms, because of the unique properties of pitch settling, etc., it takes a lot longer and that we really do need to start the job in 2023. We met with um, Minister Chambers uh, in November and, uh, and his officials, and that was the point at which we really underscored the importance of that. We went in there um, not, just with the, not just with PowerPoint, but also with um, uh, correspondence from the ICC outlining the um, their pitch consultant's view of when we needed to start building to be ready to co-host a World Cup and support from um, the event side of the ICC saying, if you can get this up and running, we strongly believe you should be hosting a qualifying event in probably likely 2028 to determine your readiness to um, co-host um, our biggest event. The next cab off the rank for us is going to be um, the scale of infrastructure to be built. Um, that's a really critical component, and I think that's where we're going to start to get into now in with the government, which is, OK, well, we've worked out it needs to be built. We've worked out it needs to be done quickly. Now let's build to a master plan of our own for the cricket infrastructure. What is that eventually going to look like so that we can build the green stuff first and we can scale up so that the last brick can be laid a few weeks before the World Cup is due to start in 2030? We're doing it to a master plan. Um, that's, I guess, the, that's, I guess, the stuff, the stuff behind the scenes. Um, sorry, that's the, that's the stuff in front of, um, in front of the scenes in behind the scenes. Um, the key elements have been probably acknowledging the great support of a number of individuals, not just my, you know, my staff, um, but also um, the likes of the T-Ship who wrote in our match program in 2018 when we used the T-Ship previously and we hosted India. Cricket Island Board had made a decision to, um, to look at the sports campus seriously as the location for its stadium in Dublin. And the T-shirt pledged the government's support. So that was a really important milestone in what we um, saw as government support behind this. Um, yes, we're now winding the clock back to nearly five years, the point at which it has now become 
properly crystallised, and I suspect that um, um, I suspect that um, his support behind the scenes has been critical. And I'd also like to acknowledge, very importantly, the um, Minister Darrow O'Brien, um, who has been um, who is a cricket fan, and he's been there very much from the get go. He was. Um, uh, central in developing Malahide Cricket Club into an international size standard facility. And um, he's been of enormous support and, um, to us behind the scenes to get this proposal in front of the right eyes. There is a reference in the letter from Sport Ireland, which looks to investigate how potentially it might be used for other sports now my understanding of cricket is that the the wicket and the pitch is 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 quite sacrosanct but can we be imaginative here is there something here where the built infrastructure around the ground could be used to host an indoor facility for another sport which actually just helps to to use the idea of sport ireland's campus as being a multi-sport facility in its entirety Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think from our perspective, we wouldn't simply just be looking at, say, you use the example of the indoor school, the indoor high performance centre that we want to build. Um, obviously, um, similarly with government support, um, we would see that probably first and foremost as not just satisfying the requirements of our elite teams, male and female, senior, junior. We'd also be looking at um, uh, Leinster Province and Munster Province using that facility as well. But we'd also be looking for it to be potentially used as maybe an indoor um, indoor cricket competition place as a facility that can be used by the grassroots of the game as well. Um, there are so many indoor facilities on the national on the Sport Island National Sports Campus. The extent to which um, the indoor school, when it's eventually built, could be used for other sports, might be moot purely based on the, um, the, the, the glut and the world-class nature of what else is available there on campus. But we are absolutely amenable to being as flexible as possible to assist the government to develop the business case to make the facility as usable as possible. Similarly, for the outdoor green stuff as well, um, even though, yes, cricket is sort of unique in terms of its pitch dimensions. Um, the only other obvious examples around the world would be um, Aussie rules, obviously played on cricket-sized ovals. And I would even perhaps point to the 2012 Olympics where archery was played on, um, where archery was played on Lord's Cricket Ground. So um, those are the only precedents to which I can, I can point where cricket has been um, used for more than that. But obviously, there's the potential for concerts. Um, certainly, I know that uh, Old Trapper Cricket Ground has been used significantly for, um, you know, Oasis and those as well. So I hope we can think laterally, um, not just in terms of sport, but also other entertainments too. So maybe the Gallagher brothers to open up the uh, the, the Cricket World Cup here in, in Dublin in 2030. The, the issue of funding is always to the fore in, in, in areas like this as well. And government has been uh, has been very generous in terms of funding the majority of the events which have been taking place. So the, the, the infrastructure has been built out of the out of the campus. Is that likely to be the primary source of income here? You you did bring in funding from your own sources and from the ICC and and with some assistance from um from Dennis O'Brien to build the high performance center. 
Is it likely to be that you'll be required to produce a mix of funding streams to actually get this over the line as well? Um, it's probably too early to say in terms of what the actual funding mix is going to look like. Um, I think the first stage is going to be let's agree on the scale of infrastructure. Let's agree on how that build is going to be staged and phased over the coming number of years. And then we will determine the extent to which Cricket Island is in a position to be able to support. Um, I suspect we're going to be in a stronger position to consider that um, in the next 12 to 24 months than we are now, bearing in mind um, we're in the final year of the ICC cycle and it is a, a very challenging year financially for us. Um, there's no there's no getting around that. Um, I also would like to think that um, there's a potential for us to be creative in relation to the future around potential, um, maybe even around potential revenue share modelling, let alone leasing facilities, let alone um, investing up front. So I'd like to think a combination of those factors, whether it be upfront investment, whether it be um, a rental model facilities from the government or whether it be even a commercial revenue share, once the facility is up and running, we'd be amenable to all possibilities. That sounds exciting. The idea of planning is going to have to take place in 2023. You might even have hard hats on site. Um, in a sporting context, though, before I let you go, uh, what, what are the, the highlights that we should be looking forward to over the next 12 months on the pitch? Um, we are going to be announcing our um, fixtures following our board meeting uh, next week, or rather where those fixtures are going to be played. Um, we have our senior women currently are in South Africa preparing for the women's ICC Women's T20 World Cup. Our senior men have got an incredibly busy calendar. They've already been in um, Zimbabwe and they'll be heading off variously to um, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh over the coming um, over the coming months. We have a test map. We've got Bangladesh being hosted in um, Ireland in May. We have Australian women coming. We are going to be playing a test match in Lords. We have got a World Cup qualifier for the men's. We have a T20 European qualifier for the men's. We have um, um, we've got just an extraordinarily large fixture list of cricket. That's one of the great things I think now about our sport is that um, it's nearly. Uh, 12 months of the year now in terms of visibility of our sport and bearing in mind so much of what we now do is either linear broadcast for our internationals or live streamed to enormous domestic and worldwide television audiences I think just proves the platform that we now have for visibility to be able to return an investment whether it be government or whether it be private enterprise to ensure that I genuinely believe um, cricket is a, a, a now a, a significant coming sport, and I hope that by 2030, my um, my now cliched mantra of we're already a major nation in cricket, we should become a, we will the capacity to become a major sport in Ireland will genuinely come true. I have absolutely no doubt. I remember speaking to you some years ago about the idea of making cricket mainstream. I think that what you've achieved on the field, undoubtedly, and now in terms of the infrastructure, it's just going to be a big statement about where cricket is in relation to the Irish sporting landscape. So, Warren Ducham, thank you very much uh, for taking the time to be with us again. And the very best of luck in not only the year ahead, but in the decade ahead as well. Many thanks, Rob.